Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, buddy C. Marla, what's our email, dear? Email is wisdom526 at gmail.com. All right. If you have any comments, suggestions, questions, or you want to tell us what this is about, because none of us know, <laughs> you're welcome to. But I would ask you that you would go ahead and read the 71st first chapter that says that uh, uh, in thinking you know, you really don't know. So. <laughs> so if you're already writing your email telling us what it's about you might be showing that you really don't know (laughs) okay let's uh let's take a moment and see if we can listen to that emptiness good thank you thank you okay 39th chapter of the Tao Te Ching, me not, uh, we not me is what I got out of this. This idea that we're all part of the body, and when I hurt you, I hurt me. When I help you, I help me. When I'm successful, I'm never successful alone. When I have a hard day, I don't have to go through it alone either. You know, in our Western world, Everything, I was taught I was separate from the time I can remember. I I have to work harder and do better. It's me that makes, you know, there's no fate but the the fate I make, you know. It's all I, me, and my. Everybody else fend for themselves. I've got to take care of me first. Another, Another verse that shows us that we're part of this big body and I can't, um, I can't truly be successful by myself. I can't be happy, peaceful by myself. Just like, just like your body is an example of this. You know, there's not one part of your body that's going to live past the rest of your body. (laughs) When the body dies, the body dies. And nor does one thing work without the other. Yes. Yes, same thing. But what I got from this, just briefly, is um, if you just let nature take its course and don't be messing with how life is and, um, you know, just acceptance, really, of how things are, life will go pretty smoothly for you. You're living in the Tao. And if it's not smooth at the moment, Marla, it's okay. It's okay. It'll change. It'll change. Yeah, everything changes. You know, and, and we're not islands by ourselves. You know, we're not, we don't have to handle anything in life alone. So that's, that's what I'm seeing out of this. So I guess we better read. Yeah. Hey, let me share the screen and I'll get you to read for us, please. All right. I'll start with the second translation. In harmony with the Tao, the sky is clear and spacious. The earth is solid and full. All creatures flourish together, content with the way they are, endlessly repeating themselves, endlessly renewed. When man interferes with the Tao, the sky becomes filthy, 
the earth becomes depleted, the equilibrium crumbles, creatures become extinct. The master views the parts with compassion because he understands the whole. His constant practice is humility. He doesn't glitter like a jewel, but lets himself be shaped by the Tao as rugged and common as stone. Third translation. The masters of old attained unity with the Tao. Heaven attained unity and became pure. The earth attained unity and found peace. The spirits attained unity so they could minister. The valleys attained unity that they might be full. Humanity attained unity that they might flourish. Their leaders attained unity that they might set the example. This is the power of unity. Without unity, the sky becomes filthy. Without unity, the earth becomes unstable. Without unity, the spirits become unresponsive and disappear. Without unity, the valleys become dry as a desert. Without unity, humankind can't reproduce and becomes extinct. Without unity, our leaders become corrupt and fall. The great view the small as their source, and the high takes the low as their foundation. The greatest asset becomes their humility. They speak of themselves as orphans and widows, thus they truly seek humility. Do not shine like the precious gem, but be as dull as a common stone. Final translation. Since time began, this is what it's meant to be in touch with Tao. Tao made the heavens clear. Tao made the earth solid. Tao made our spirits strong. Tao made the valleys fertile. Tao gave all living things life. Tao gave rulers authority. Without Tao, the heavens would collapse. Without Tao, the earth would crumble. Without doubt, our spirits would fade away. Without doubt, the valleys would dry up. Without doubt, all life would become extinct. Without doubt, rulers would stumble and fall. Humility gives us power. Our leaders should think of themselves as insignificant, powerless, unworthy of their stature. Isn't that what humility is all about? Be strong, but pay no attention to hollow praise. Don't call attention to yourself. Don't make a scene. How about let's uh, a couple of things pop out to me. Content with the way they are, talking about the sage, endlessly repeating themselves, endlessly renewed. So there's contentment involved. The master views the parts with compassion because he understands the whole. He he is his constant practice of humility. Hold on. He is is in constant practice of humility. He doesn't glitter like a jewel, but lets himself be shaped. He lets himself be shaped. Yep. That's a tough one. (laughs) It's because it's like the moment we're born, we're we're filled with um, other people's thoughts and the way things are and the way things should be and how do you then let go of all that, you know, and let the let nature shape you? More letting go. <laughs> unlearning everything, which is, I think, what we learned at the beginning of the Tao, to unlearn everything. Too much success is not an advantage. Hmm. 
too much success is not an advantage. <laughs> you know, I never learn when things are good. I always learn when there's difficult situations. You mean you learn from them? Situations yeah. I not very true. rarely learn. I make no changes in life, usually, from things being good. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm the same. Yeah. Nor yeah. why should you? If things are good, something's working. So right. why change? If things are bad, something's not working. Yes. But we avoid difficulty to almost uh, to any extreme we can. Anything we can do to avoid difficulty, we, we will. But yet it's the difficulty in is how we grow. So that's um, that paradox is huge. Um, on the last one here, he talks about, um, well, the second one that heaven attains unity and the earth attains peace and all these things that are attained. And then I said, well, how is all this done? And it says the greatest asset becomes their humility. So it's through this letting go and through this powerlessness. This for me is just in, a, in recovery. This would be another example of the first three steps, which most of this is anyway. Yeah, it seems to be. You know, that, that I don't have the answer, that there is an answer, and I believe I'll listen to the answer. I'll and let the answer change me. You and know? it's bigger than us. Yes. Much bigger than us. Yes. And that's pretty much it. That's why it's so, this one is so simple, Chapter 39. Humility gives us power in the last one. I thought that was an interesting statement. How does humility give us power? You don't use you don't hear the words humility and power together very often. No, but it gives you power. Humility is attractive, isn't it? Yes. Is attractive? Yeah, very. Humility is very attractive, whereas the opposite of that is not. So there's power in attraction. And I I know I feel more um, attracted to people who are humble. Yeah. In humility, and I find them to be people I listen to more than anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe in that way, that's where power comes from. I think the, the power in humility the way I look at humility is that everything I have is a gift and that helps me to know that I did not create anything that's happening in my life. So I go back to gratitude with that. And if I've been given a gift, how can I take credit for creating a gift? I can't. So that helps me to stay right sized and know that it's not me. It helps me to not uh, glitter, uh, glitter like a jewel. <laughs> when I want to glitter, which I really do a lot of times, <laughs> I want to shine. I say, "Hey, look at me! Look at what I'm doing!" You know. Um, this helps me not to do that, and that's exactly what this is saying. You know, don't draw attention to yourselves. Don't, uh, you know, don't draw your own praise 
You know, in um, Buddhism, that's where the diamond is found, in the, the deepest humility. That's where you find the, the strongest, shiniest diamond is there. It's called the diamond, I think the Diamond Heart Sutra, something like that. But that's where you find your true, your light, your diamond. Humility gives us power. Our leaders should think of themselves as insignificant, <laughs> as powerless, unworthy of their stature. Isn't that what humility is about? And they're talking about, too, that no matter how what success you have, there's a foundation under that that is not known of that that has started from other people and other things that's happened that's gotten you to where you are. So you don't do any of these things by yourself. So that's part of this whole body of, you know, that, that we're all connected. So, you know, it's not a, a, in reality, it's not a single success or a single failure. If you're putting tags on labels on, uh, it's not either. So if we can be right-sized with it, not try to shine, not think it's all me that's doing it, then I have the possibility of being at peace, having these things, peace and uh, all the other uh, good things that it was talking about. So that's, that's really what I want anyway. That's good. That's good. Any other comments before we start on the commentaries? Because uh, I know Wayne Dyer has a lot in his. I was thinking about, too, I've been listening to another podcast. Uh, Richard Rohr was on, um, I think I'm going to like this podcast. It's, uh, let me give you the name of it. Do. You Made It Weird, Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes? Yeah, he, he does a lot with Rob Bell. What's the name of the podcast? You Made It Weird. Okay. And he just did a two-hour interview with Richard Rohr, about an hour-and-a-half interview with Richard Rohr. It's a long podcast. I mean, his whole podcast was like two hours. So That's uh, good. That's how long I walk. But I'm in the middle of it, and, and I've heard this a couple of different places. I heard it on the uh, – the word of the day today, too, about um, how I do anything is how I do everything. Yeah. And meaning that we treat everyone the way, or what I'm thinking it's meaning is that we do everything the same way. If we're in fear, we do everything from this place of fear, or if we believe that our life is part of this path that it's a providential path that we're just doing the next right thing and things work the way they work, then everything is going to be that way. And if we, if our intent is to love folks and to walk in love, then we're, we're going to be loving people. So um, we can't have one area of life that's isolated from everything else. In other words, so, it's all connected, just like we're connected. Everything's, you know, and it got me thinking about that. Uh, and that all of our 
ego and the drive for all those things is to disconnect us because the the real if you think of sin so to speak or wrong it is getting disconnected really mm-hmm. when you think about it because the more we connect the more we're a part of the the more we can uh, walk in a spiritual place versus when we disconnect when we feel alone when we do all the all the separate stuff you know either the separate in I'm better than or I'm less than either one is separate yeah. You know, the power of unity was part of that, part of the whole. I get what I give. If I'm given love, I get love back that we're a mirror. The world's a mirror to us. Uh, if I give forgiveness, I get forgiveness back. That's yeah. a Lord's prayer. You know, how about when I give judgment, what do I get back? Getting judged. I get judged. I do. When I'm in fear and I'm afraid, what do I see everywhere? Fear. Fear. Yes. Same with anger and all that other stuff. Yeah. And this, this, this reminded me of that. Okay. Let's go to the commentaries. You have Derek Lynn. Let me read. Let me look at Stephen Mitchell right quick. Let himself be shaped by the Tao. As a piece of marble lets itself be shaped by the sculptor so that the statue inside can be revealed, hammer and chisel are necessary agents. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Michelangelo's David, how that appeared. Yes. To him. We're, we're that marble, we're that block of marble that, you know, block of wood it hurts who wants to be humble who who wants to give up um, credit and and that that whole pride ego thing is you, you know when you're taking credit for something there is nothing um, there's nothing but separateness happening you're separating yourself from everyone else I'd never thought about it that way. But that is that is part of that division. So so is the division when you do the opposite. When you have uh, pride in reverse, pity, shame, all those things is separateness in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Both are separateness. Both are 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 wrong in that you know there there are things that are going to hurt us, not help us. You know, Craig. Right, so Derek Lenn, I'll just jumped his uh, jumped his commentaries rather than tran- the translation. Um, he asks, "How can we lead with the Tao if called upon to do so? The clues are everywhere. Nature shows up that the high must be built upon the low. The lower half of the mountain supports the upper half, and most of the mountain supports its majestic peak." It's the same with life. The highest honor must be built upon the lowest and the most sincere form of humility. That's good. Uh, he's, he says in his, uh, in his translation, do not wish to be shiny like jade, but be dull like rocks. So my, my interpretation of that is don't, don't stand out. Just, just 
be part of the crowd. This is why this this is why the sages never wish to shine brightly like gems. Instead, they prefer to be more like rocks, with only steadfast, solid consistency and no dazzling brilliance. This is also why the rulers of ancient China tended to use the lowliest terms to refer to themselves. Over time, the practice lost its meaning, but the original intent was very much congruent with the Tao. I have noticed that some of the most spiritual people I know are some of the, appear to be some of the most ordinary. Yeah. They don't really stand out. Mm-hmm. They're quiet about it. <laughs> They're really quiet about their spirituality, but then they say something so, um, so important, so meaningful. Right, right. Yeah, I read that in the just just talking about the humility. I was I read that into the book of the, um, the book of joy with the Dalai Lama. Um, I thought some of the things that he came out were quite quite comical and sort of thing you wouldn't expect from a religious and spiritual leader like that. Um, but in the book, he's having a he's having a conversation with the Archbishop, and the two of them are just talking like ordinary people. Um, and the Dalai Lama actually says that Bishop, you know, a lot of times people forget that we are people. You know, we have the same feelings, the same thoughts, we have the same fears, the same resentments, the same angers. It's just we're able to meditate on them and just we, we don't let them fester. You know, we're more humble in the fact that you know we we know what we do. Can you imagine the Dalai Lama and a priest talking about sports? You know, like sport. This sports team is better than that sports team. I just, you can't, no, I can't imagine that. They're talking about important things, you know, like kindness and love and humility. <laughs> I, I keep going back to this stands out of the second translation. Content with the way they are, mm-hmm. endlessly repeating themselves, endlessly renewed. So the work, so to speak, there is being content. So how are we content? I think it would be from learning how to be right-sized. I know I'm more content when I'm depending on my higher power than thinking I'm running the show. This goes back to just playing your part, not being the director again. Mm-hmm. You know, playing a part is so easy. There's nothing personal about playing a part. You don't take anything that's said to you if you're in a play. You don't you don't take anything said in the play and somebody if Marla's playing a mean part and she says mean hateful things to me as part of her role, I don't take them personally and get angry at Marla because it's just a part she's playing. And it's just a part I'm playing. So I think that idea of not taking things personally, of just playing our part and depending on the director. And doing the part that's assigned to us, <laughs> you know, yeah. not rewriting the place. And no, I don't like these these words. I got to change this. <laughs> and I want them to behave the way I want them to behave. Yeah, this is how what they should say, and this, yeah. you know, no. <laughs> and how we play our part is by knowing that this is all a gift, and just doing the next right thing. Who can I love instead of who can I control? Instead of who can give me what I want, who can I help get what they need? Mm-hmm. 
I think it's that simple. And I guarantee you, if you've got a relationship or, or something that's not working, there's probably an element of control there where you're being the director. And in being the director, you're trying to shine instead of being content with the way things are and seeing how you can add to rather than take from. 39, you want to read the trend, read the translation he uses there, Marla? You want me to read the verse? Yeah, read the verse, please. All right. 39th, these things from ancient times arise from one. The sky is whole and clear. The earth is whole and firm. The spirit is whole and full. The 10,000 things are whole and the country is upright. All these are, virtu- are in virtue of wholeness. When man interferes with the Tao, the sky becomes filthy, the earth becomes depleted, the equilibrium crumbles, creatures become extinct. Therefore, nobility is rooted in humility. Loftiness is based on lowliness. This is why noble people refer to themselves as alone, lacking, and unworthy. The pieces of a chariot are are useless unless they work in accordance with the whole. A man's life brings nothing unless he lives in accordance with the whole universe. Playing one's part in accordance with the universe is true humility. Truly, too much honor means no honor. It's not wise to shine like jade and resound like stone chimes. So just shut up. Playing one's part in accordance with the universe is true humility. Mm -hmm. This is the way it is. Working with the universe. Just playing your part. Mm-hmm. What's difficult about that? Nothing. I can see if there's some danger in feeling unworthy, though. You know, the unworthiness of, um, you know, as I, when I told you about getting into India, before I was, when I wasn't sober, I did not feel worthy enough to apply to go. Yeah, tell us about that. You're going to India in October? Is that what's going on? Yeah. Well, you know, there's a a bigger picture to learning yoga. That You know, it's a whole philosophy of um, living a better life and living ethically and morally. And, you know, they, of course, considering uh, substance abuse not to be, you know, an ethical way to practice yoga. And, you know, I had to get sober in order to feel worthy, self-worthy mm-hmm. enough and worthy in their eyes to apply to go. So um, I see, you know, in all of our um, online, in our online community, when people realize how unworthy they feel. So that's a whole, I think, a dangerous word of unworthy. You know, none of us are unworthy. Um, that's true. And, and that's more of that separateness. Mm-hmm. But on the negative side, like the, well, that, that's, be, we all need what we need. We're all, worth, we're all, I think we're, we're all worthy of love. We all have love within us. It's just a matter of uncovering that. And we all need what we need regardless of what path that's taken so there's none of us that are un 
are unworthy of recovery, unworthy of being loved, unworthy of acceptance. That's like saying, I don't like my little toe. I'm just going to cut it off. (laughs) I'm going to Europe on vacation. I'm going to leave my toe at home. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, that's ridiculous thinking, right? I mean, it's silly. But we do that all the time, you know? Well, yeah, because we don't separate ourselves from ourselves. We, we think all the time we're all part of this whole. So when we, when we say we're unworthy, that's what we're doing is we're saying I'm not good enough. And then when we do the opposite in pride and ego, we're saying I'm better than all of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> you got to find a the balance there. Well, you, you've got to find the contentment, which is the connection with everyone else and knowing that that's just like in his um, translation, it says the pieces of a chariot are useless unless they work in accordance with the whole. So he's using the chariot as an example. Mm-hmm. That part of the chariot is useless. It's got to be a whole chariot. It's like, we're talking about the body in the yeah. same way. Together. A man's life brings nothing unless he lives in accordance with the whole universe. So it's all about just doing our part, which is really more about being our part than doing our part. Because what I have found is when I'm open and available, and it's said a lot of different ways, in Christianity it's said by Romans 12 in the message version says, offer your eating, living, living, breathing, everyday life as an offering. And then respond when you see God doing something. That's as simple as it gets. You're just offering your moment up. So, okay, I'm here. I'm available. And then when you see something happening, you just, when it's, when you stumble over it, you just do it. Isn't that what we're talking about? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know? And that's not a bunch of, you know, work or effort. It's that uh, effortless effort that we talk about, you know, just, and it's almost like you're an observer in your life. You're not the doer. You're just, you're there. And it just kind of just unfolds in front of you. Good place to be. Yeah. As long as I don't separate myself, start thinking I'm better than or less than, I can stay there. I can stay there. Okay. Any other comments before we read? No. All right. Just whatever you want to read, Marla's fine. If you want to read the whole thing or excerpts, whatever, it's up to you, dear. I've got a couple of things I want to bring out, but that's about it. Stop me when you when you hear it. Nope. Um, home. This is called Living Wholeness, Chapter Thirty Nine. We traditionally think of wholeness as something that's complete. The whole nine yards, for instance, implies the entire distance. I ate the whole thing signifies having consumed something completely. Lao Tzu, however, seems to view the concept differently. Wholeness, he writes, has roots in humility. When humility evokes our wholeness, 
we live the reality that we are pieces of the whole. With this attitude, you want to exist harmoniously with the entire universe, cooperating with and being subjugated to other aspects of the whole. You can't even consider interfering with any piece of it because you're one with it. The moment you begin to place yourself in a transcendent position in relation to others or to your world of the 10,000 things, you're interfering with the Tao. I encourage you to examine your concept of wholeness based upon the 39th verse of the Tao Te Ching. I can assure you that the world will appear to have changed when you see it through this lens. Lao Tzu insists that the universe is whole. That is, it's in a state of oneness. There are no parts needing separation from this state. Sky, earth, spirit, and the 10,000 things are all parts of the whole. And what's more, that's their virtue. Now, while the sky and the trees may truly be in a unified state, your ego insists that you're separate, distinct, and generally superior. But if you can modify your ego's viewpoint, your life will change. When, you, when you're cooperative and looking for signs of oneness, you'll begin to see and feel the interconnect, interconnectedness of everything. For example, your body is a convenient analogy for a universe all unto itself. While it is one entity, it certainly has trillions of individual, although interconnected cells. Just one cell with an arrogant relationship to the whole makes all the cells suffer and ultimately become extinct. Much like the individual who interferes with the Tao by polluting the sky, depleting the earth, and disrupting the equilibrium of the whole. A cancer cell that refuses to cooperate with the cells adjacent to it will ultimately gobble them up, and if left unchecked, will destroy the whole. Why? Because that cancerous cell has no relationship to the whole. It will destroy itself as it kills the host, upon which it depends for its own survival. Hold on right there. Hold on right there. Okay. Big idea. (laughs) You know, and this is can go a lot of different ways. You know, we've got everything from, you know, it's true how we're, you know, destroying our environment by not respecting it. Mm -hmm. Then we could look at this in the way that we're destroying relationships because we're not seeing those around us as being as important as us. You could take it from huge ideas all the way down to ourselves as an example. And this can apply to everything. Like we said before, if we have a situation that we're disturbed in, we can probably look and see a way that we're trying to control that situation in some way or that person. And it's just that simple, really. I always get back what I'm giving. Hmm. Because I can't harm someone else without harming me. I mean, my hand can't harm, you know, I can't cut my other arm. (laughs) This arm can't, this hand on this arm can't cut the other arm without hurting itself. (laughs) Right. You know, and this idea is so foreign to our thinking. And I don't know if it's, I mean, I know in Western world it is. 
because we're just not taught this at all. No, we're taught to be in a, in the Western world. We're taught to be entitled. We're taught it's us four and no more. You know, yeah. we're taught to take care of ourselves, and if we've got extra, then we take care of someone else. Yeah, get into the best schools. You know, be earn the most money. Blah blah blah. And then I was introduced to this in recovery. I was told I had to help someone else. And I thought, well, I'll help someone else once I'm doing fine. That same separateness thinking. Mm -hmm, That's what I thought. But that's not the answer. When I help someone else, I am helping me. Yeah. So if you have an hour of sobriety or 30 years, the solution is always the same. Who can I help? Because when I'm helping someone else, I'm helping me. Mm. Such simple solutions, right? It's so simple. (laughs) Uh, My daughter was going, um, she's at UGA, and she was going on a mission trip. She goes off to college and starts going to church and quits drinking and smoking and starts going to church and doing good things. I don't understand it, but hey, I'll take it, you know. And uh, she's going, she's taking her spring break to go on a mission trip to Jamaica. And she was talking about what to do and how to raise her money. And I said, well, the first thing you need to do, I said, do you know anyone else that needs to raise money to go? She said, yeah. I said, go help them. Well, how's that going to help me? I said, just go do it and see what happens. She had no money, no problem getting her money raised. She really, you know, she didn't do anything special. She just went and helped helped another girl that needed help, you know, doing the things that she was doing to raise her money. And her money came in. It's that same idea that when I have a need, it's isn't that what, uh, wasn't it Zig Ziglar that had a lot of things to do with that, that he, you know, you, you find someone, uh, uh, you help someone get their need met, and then you'll get your need met, that same kind of principle? Chim Roon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and isn't that the basis of Bill and Bob? Is they took their message to help other alcoholics and just yeah. connected. That that's the difference that AA brought because uh, Bill Wilson stayed sober. I think it was six months before AA began by helping other drunks. Yeah, he actually went out and really tried to proselyte. What he what he had learned, yes, with no success at all. He no one got sober, and he was talking to his wife about it and said, "You know, for six months I've been trying to help drunks and nobody's gotten sober." And she said, "Well, haven't you stayed sober?" And then the light bulb went off. <laughs> Wait a minute, and that was the idea that he brought into AA. Exactly. That's the idea and the reason for singleness of purpose and all those things. Yeah, exactly. So so we're always told that if if we have a need, let's go find someone to help. If it's a financial, if, if I had a need in business when I used to be in the real estate business, I learned a long time ago that if I had a house I needed to sell, if there was an agent in town I didn't like that I thought was a butt, Whoever I liked the least, I would pray for their listings to sell. I would actually look their listings up and pray specifically for their houses to sell. 
Not pray for mine to sell. <laughs> pray for theirs to sell. Because I need to be concerned about someone else's welfare other than myself. That kind of an attitude brings about humility and brings about change and brings about uh, just a way that you're introducing God into your life, a way that you're leaving space, you know, leaving room that we, that we read about and learn about. You know, how are we having these cancer cells in our life? You know, how are we accepting separateness? How are we accepting um, staying in control? Those are, uh, that, that's what the fourth step did for me. It really helped me to identify those things. I could start seeing, hey, I'm in fear here. I'm, you know, every one of those things, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, or fear, what they did was they drove a wedge and made me separate every time, every time. So I was no longer part of the body, and whatever that was, I was separate, either better or worse, but separate. Yeah, that's good. Comments? Yeah, this thing is amazing. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. Imagine if the whole world lived by the Tao. I just realized while you were talking there, I had the, the Wayne Dyer on my Audible app, um, and I haven't listened to um, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, the document you're reading from. It's right here. Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't even know, and I downloaded it probably months ago, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> See, that goes back to this thing of synchronicity, where everything is – how often have you seen – like you're thinking some – you, you have a thought that comes to mind, and then all of a sudden you start seeing it everywhere. Or you have, you know, I don't know how many times I've read something in the morning and said, oh, that's good. And later that day I'd have a sponsee contact me and say, hey, I'm having a problem with. <laughs> or, or you hear in conversation, well, you're not going to believe this, but, <laughs> you know, where, you know, it's just so in line and that's what this is talking about. I think that's this flow of life that if we'll just surrender and offer our moment up as an offering, so you know, I'm available. Nothing more than that. Just I'm here, I'm available. If you need anything, I'm available. And just see what happens. That's the kind of things that start happening. Yeah. Pretty powerful. Very powerful. Yeah. Okay, you want to read a little further, Marla? I just, I have to read this, this verse. It's cultivate your relationship with the planet. Live in the spirit of wholeness, knowing that you have a role as one of the parts of the Tao. Remind yourself that you cannot interfere with the Tao and live a life of greatness. This means respecting the environment in every way by living in an earth-friendly manner as part of its oneness. Become an advocate on conservation. Make time to pick up and recycle trash. Drive an environmentally friendly automobile, or better yet, walk in peace to as many places as possible. Wholeness means maintaining a sense of balance with the all-providing, gentle, non-pushy Tao. In humility, you're able to feel your own tiny role in this great drama orchestrated by your source. You'll see what Lao Tzu means by a man's life brings nothing unless he lives in accordance with the whole universe. I like that uh, in humility, 
you're able to fill your own tiny role in this great drama orchestrated by your sources. Yep. Tiny. <laughs> yep. Operative word. And, and, and this, is the, the, this is how to do it. Change the way you think of yourself from being separate to seeing yourself in all that you encounter. As you live in wholeness, notice how you begin to feel a connection to all of life rather than the separateness that your ego prefers. See yourself in everyone you encounter, in every creature on your planet, in the forest and the oceans and the sky. The more you do, the more you want to stay in a state of cooperation rather than competition. You'll also feel more inclined to reject the concept that there is a them. Practice this way of being and notice that the type of happiness that may have eluded you for a lifetime is part of the oneness you begin to enjoy. And for me, in recovery, what worked uh, a great deal was realizing that I'm just like everybody else. My thoughts were just like everyone else's. I was no different. Um, which I guess is the beauty of meetings and listening to other people talk is just realizing that you're no different, even though your story's different. It might, you know, my story is boring, but, um, you know, I had some of the same issues that people who are far worse have and had. So it was very, it's very helpful to realize that you're, that I was part of, um, part of the whole, you know, it's. I have, uh, I have a real life application to this on a run by y'all. I'm competing in a rally this weekend. I competed in one last year and I competed in several in years before. It's about the only thing I do that's competitive that I really get my ego out there with. <laughs> and this is a uh, rock and ride motorcycle scavenger hunt, um, raising money for Alzheimer's research. But basically what it is, a scavenger hunt via motorcycle, I have 30-some-odd hours, and they send you a bonus list, and you come up with a route based on how many points you can get. And it's not a not a cannonball run, but it's a – you you the winner is the one that has the most points so you you fill up your your uh route and you have all these things you have to do and uh mostly taking pictures of stuff with your placard or your rally like your rally flag which is a placard in this situation sometimes you have to have your motorcycle and sometimes you, you know all this kind of stuff so i'm sitting here getting my uh, my route together and i love it i like doing it I do pretty good about the planning, and I've got to drive down. I'm riding down to um, um, Lake City, Florida tonight. Uh, it's only four and a half hours from here. So if you're in the southeast and you see a big black BMW with a Krusty the Clown bobblehead on the back <laughs> bobbing at you as I go by, that's me. So, uh, But I'm thinking how I can stay right-sized and – course it's no coincidence that this is the chapter that we read 
before I do this rally tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. So how can I compete in this rally and be a part of instead of uh, being separate? Well, one thing I'm going to (laughs) do is not have any secrets. Like if I find something out, uh, we're meeting for dinner. We're starting in different locations around the country. There's going to be everyone riding into uh, South Kentucky for the end. They all have to be there at the same time. So they're starting up in some starting in Ohio and down here. And then there's some up in Kentucky. They're doing a, a short rally around. So uh, we're meeting for dinner tonight and I'm going to be an open book. If I found a couple of things out about the route, I'm going to share them. So, hey, did you know this or did you know that? You know, like something they may need to know so it wouldn't give me an upper hand. And then I'm I'm going to be an open book on my uh, route too. show them my route if they want to see it. You know, and even if they're, you know, closed mouth, because a lot of them are, you know, they don't want to share anything, you know, because they want a, an advantage, you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to try to be open minded, try to be helpful in every way that I can. Uh, it's nothing against the rules for doing that because you can share things within the group, you know, within the ones that are competing. You can't get outside help, but you can get help within the group. So it's that's okay. But most people don't do that. So I was trying to think how else I could. Uh, I send good thoughts to all of them and uh, enjoy, enjoy, the them. enjoy the ride. Yes, yes, I plan on enjoying it and and uh, I may not get to do another one this year. So I'm really I'm look, looking really forward to this. I enjoy it. I'm really more competing against myself to see if I can do what I plan, which I enjoy doing that. Do you have an X amount of dollars you're going to raise? No, it's, it's raised as a whole, all the monies that we pay in as, um, as entry fees that uh, that's what it's taken out of. So we don't on this one, they don't raise money individually. They just take and put it in uh, as a whole after it's done. It's rather expensive to do. I'm sure it is. So, uh, uh, and the entry fees are pretty stout too. So, uh, but I, I, I'm doing that. So I was trying to think, y'all have any other suggestions of, I've kind of racked my brain because I want to be a part of in this and not, uh, uh, I'm just going to be open the whole time as to what I can do and not have my focus as much on what I planned, but on how I can be of help during the rally too. And if it, if I don't get to do everything that I plan, so be it. You know, it's more important that I'm available. So that's the kind of approach I'm going to take. And also thinking about the end, what I, the end result is you're, uh, you've raised money for an important research project. Yes. And who are you helping? Yes. By doing this people, researchers who research Alzheimer's, which yes. is the biggest picture. But uh, it's interesting um, because I have a lot of ego with this. I've had others in the past that uh, I had one that I didn't put some put the information on the right place on one of all my paperwork, and it cost me some points. It cost me first place, and we were we had this big room of like sixty guys, and just so happened the guy I don't know most of these, and the guy that won happened to sit right beside me, and I got to hear everybody congratulate him on how how great he did. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like. Fuck, I did better, but, you know, nobody knows. (laughs) I really wanted to be separate. 
I really wanted to be bigger than everyone else. And I really did, you know, and I'm like, I must have really needed this. <laughs> so that's uh, that really being able to identify that, that uh, the problem is not in if we're separate on the high end or on the low end. The problem is that we're separate. Mm. You know, that's where the lack comes is from being separate. Mm. And the way that I get back into the flow is by considering them rather than considering me, by knowing that what I have is a gift. It's not me that's bringing this about, whether it's good or bad. There's sometimes an analogy I think of, um, I think from Ram Das, we're just one of the trees in a huge forest. And in the forest underneath, the roots are growing and they're all connecting. And one tree feeds another and another and another. Mm. That's good, Marla. It's a big one. I credit yeah. around us. And, you know, really when you're walking around in the woods, you don't really notice how tall trees are either, you know? You know, that you don't really notice. You can't see the tops, you know? No, you just notice how small you are in comparison. Right. Those trees. Uh, they're all connected. Yeah, that's good. We're all connected underneath. Everybody's helping everybody else. Okay, another question we could ask. I had a couple more notes. Um, how do I feel separate? Is there a way that I am feeling separate? How do I feel unique? How do I feel misunderstood? Could answer all I, of those. I'm sorry? I could answer all of those. See, those are places to start with yeah. removing this separateness. How do I feel better than? How do I feel less than? All of those are ways that we're separating ourselves and really keeping from walking in this flow of life that brings the contentment and the peace and joy that we're looking for. So even if you're feeling really shitty about yourself, you're separating yourself. Yes. From everyone. Yes. And how do you do that? Yes. It's all about connection, Craig. It's all about connection. And what do we do when we feel separate? We just go help somebody. We start considering them other than us, high end or low end. Comments? No. Everything good? Let me share my my title for today, I think, is Real Humility uh, shows us that we're all connected, being we're all connected and part of a greater whole. When I hurt you, I hurt me. When I help you, I help me. When I have success, I never get there alone. When I never have, I never have to go through a disappointment alone either. Through appreciating, acknowledging, and helping those around me, I am helped too. That's a long title. Are you that, that's, the, that's the subject line down under it. It's real humility was the, just the title. I can do something different. But he's, but he's treasure hunt. <laughs> Um, but this is real humility is what this is talking about. And this is the value of humility. True humility. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are quiet today. You, because there's too much to think about. It's, it is a lot. It's a big, it's a big chapter. 
simple as it is, a simple concept, but really, you really got to get out of your own way. That's really it. Just think about the ways this week that you separate yourself. Yeah. And how you could remove that separateness. And it's just so natural to separate ourselves. I feel, I feel for me, it's a very natural thing to separate myself from others. Well, what's well, the nature that we've thrived in all of our life, Marla? You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's our ego, and that's where our ego wants to keep us. Our self wants to keep us separated. Our terminal terminal uniqueness. Yes. So if y'all see some things this week and start working on those, jot those down. Let's talk about them next week. That speaks to you. So. All right. That's all I have, guys. You have a great weekend. I hope you. I plan to. I hope you don't win. How <laughs> 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 do you say that, Marla? No, I can say this, though. I know it will work out just like it's supposed to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all have a great week, guys. Thank you. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.